TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Hey, welcome to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I'm the host of the show, Glenn Perkins on baseball. Glenn Perkins. You're Glenn. That's a lot of Glenn Perkins. Oh, you're, wait. You're that Glenn Perkins? I am that Glenn Perkins. Uh, that's Phil Mackey. Oh Derek Wetmore is laughing over in the corner. Um, he's, usual. He's, been, he's been laughing since the fourth two-run homer last night. So <laughs> I tell you what, I was doing some pre-show prep this morning like I always do. Uh, you know, two, three minutes over my morning coffee. And looking at the schedule, I, I don't see another loss. Uh, what's, I mean, What's the record for wins? <laughs> if they get to one, if they if they get to one forty eight, are they are they solidly? It's got to be it. I mean, it, they're, they're I, I I hate to use the phrase best team in baseball. Um, they're they're making a case. They have the best record in baseball. Uh, they they rake up and down the lineup. Scope again last time. He's hitting like in the eight hole and going oppo. You, 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 your number nine hitter, I think, is leading the league in doubles. Yeah, yeah. Buxton, is, Buxton is tied or leading. I mean, he has, I think, 14. Um, the pitching, I mean, what we just saw in Toronto, and granted, it's Toronto, but you go in and in three games and give up one run, and it, it was kind of a an oopsie home run. Not, I mean, not great, not crushed. I mean, base runners, like, they're doing... Everything and it's 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 awesome to watch. It's 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 just the, the the turnaround that they've made, and I think as that goes on, the confidence that they're going to just continue to build. I don't want to know them the best Dude, team in baseball it. yet. Say it, Glenn. But they are say really really happening. really good. And print the t-shirts. <laughs> I want to throw this. Uh, so a tweet from loyal listener Nate, and he says him and a friend. This is I feel like this is a good jumping off point and maybe a therapeutic jumping off point. For people who are uh, a little bit skeptical because of what's happened the last almost decade of Twins baseball, right? Where it's been mostly mostly bad and they'll have some hot stretches. But Nate tweets, my friend and I were just uh, sharing our existential dread that won't allow us to fully enjoy the Twins for fear that they lose 20 of 25 later this summer and end up third in the Central. Tell us, why might this team be different? Should we be experiencing confident joy instead of the dreadful... You know, creeping death feeling. I, I mean, they—they. They, I think not only are they hitting, but it's the pitching. I mean, Barrios—they have a guy that that he's an ace now. Yeah. I mean, he's a—he's at when it's all said and done, the end of this season. I—I I, I mean, however you want to draw it up. I mean, he's—he's he's gonna win twenty games, which is not nothing. Uh, you know, no matter how wins are valued, that's not nothing to do that. And. He's a guy that I mean, if they you know if, if a Pineda struggles or if a Gibby has a has a, a bad game or any of those guys, he's a guy that you that you can kind of turn to to stop that. And I mean, they could theoretically still lose twenty out of twenty five because the other four guys might struggle, but Barrios <laughs> <laughs> sure. wins his five. But. Well, let's look at the the hitting too for a second because I think you mentioned on the text thread, Glenn, about people are skeptical and that's fine. I, I totally get that. You're a conditioned Twins fan. Who's, I think Siri just said it's happening on Glenn's uh, wrist right there. She's <laughs> printing the shirts. She's, she's really wanting to tell me something. I don't know what that is. but I look at this and I say, you can't fake what they've done offensively for this long. It's, okay, is Jorge Polanco going to continue to be the best hitter in baseball? 
Okay, maybe not. He'll come down a little bit. Is Mitch Garver going to be Barry Bonds all year? I don't think so. But as a lineup, what they're putting together at the top all the way down through the catcher spot in Buxton, it's nothing short of remarkable. I, I don't see it taking a collective big step back, and I don't think that's optimistic. No, Did you guys it, know, heading into last night, real quick, Mitch Garver had the same, just like a couple points below uh, the same OPS as Christian Yelich, just fewer at-bats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the best hitter in baseball he's right He's slugging now. almost the same as Cody Bellinger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know what, though? That's that's the cool thing. In, in, a, in a way, it reminds me of when Mike Redman backed up Joe Maurer, and Gardy would just put him in the three-hole, and he hit 350 one year. Like, he would just hit the the ball the other way. I mean, he wasn't hitting home runs like Garver, but when you can have guys just step up and, and in spots like that, if you can get offense out of a, a net, typically not offensive position, the, the game has changed a little bit. There's more offense all around, but I mean, yeah. And so they have, they have Barrios, like I said, they have other guys that, that just don't have the kind of, they have a track record of success in the, in their rotation. And then they, they hit home runs. Like they score. Yeah. I mean, if they if they continue to score runs, like they're not a they're not a lineup that's going to struggle to score runs uh, over long stretches of time. Yeah, I think I think part of this is figuring out what's fluky, what's not, and then like there's a middle ground of what's really hot and is going to regress back to earth. Obviously, and like Mitch Garver would is Mitch Garver going to hit 350 with a 1200 OPS this season? It would, it would be awesome if he did, but is he just is he going to regress back to being a minor league hitter? I, I think I think that chip has sailed, right? He's no, got he's gotten to I mean, a new level. And you look at you can look at at projections or things like that like uh, you know when he's in AAA what mm-hmm. what does what do projections say he's going to do in the big leagues? He's not he's supposed to be a, a decent hitter yeah. in the big leagues. That's that's his profile uh, you know according to his minor league numbers. Another one Jorge Polanco. I mean over his last 162 games he's like the best hitting shortstop in the game. Like at some point and and hitting I feel like hitting is the, is the first thing to stabilize in a season. It's 100 or 150 plate appearances. And, and you know, they always talked about that. And, you know, in, in spring training, your first 100 at-bats is going to set the tone for your season. If you go, if you go 11 for 100, you're going you're gonna to struggle to get back above water. Right. And, and they come out, they're hot. But, like, Polanco's been doing it for over a year now. I mean, it's, yeah. he was really, really bad before that. Yeah, but then for <laughs> but in minor leagues he was great. I remember right. like so being bad was kind of surprising. <laughs> well, so Jake Jake Maurer managed. This is probably six years ago now when Jorge Polanco was in uh, Low A. Where was the Low A affiliate before? Was it Cedar, Cedar Rapids? Rapids. Cedar Rapids when, yeah. when Jorge was there. Yep. And I remember I, I was writing an article for at the time fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and Sano was in the minors and they had drafted Buxton and they had some they had some guys kind of incubating down there and I said. Of all the guys that people talk about, who give me a name, a non-Miguel Sano name, and he instantly said Jorge Polanco. Yeah, like, that dude's gonna rake in the major leagues. It might be three. I mean, he got called up like two years later. They put him on the forty. He got man. called up from high A, yeah, and he actually hit a triple in that. Like he yeah. played, they like they already put him like in a token game before they sent him back, and he got he hit a triple. And like, he was like he had a couple hits, nineteen and, and a half, or yeah. something. I mean, maybe twenty. But and then I remember when he came back to camp the next year, he grew like three inches. Like he was he was still a kid. And, yeah. And then he got taller and bigger. And well, you guys heard the Ricey story from the spring with Jorge Polanco. I yeah, tell, I tell love the this story. Pat 
So, so Jorge used to be a skinny guy. I mean, two, three years ago, you were still teammates with him. He really filled out one spring. Like, I, he used to look like me, Glenn. Yeah. And then I walked up to him one spring and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude packed on some muscle. You can see it in the shoulders and the chest. He's just, he's bigger. Well, unrelated, I think, that's my personal opinion, but unrelated, he gets popped for PEDs last spring and misses the first, what is it, 80 games of the season. Pat walks up to him this spring, just kind of chit chat conversation in Fort Myers, and he says, Jorge, how was your winter? You look bigger. You look stronger. And Jorge looked up at him terrified and says, no, 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 I'm not. I'm smaller. I swear I'm smaller. Same size. It's all good. I feel like the the word that comes to mind when we're trying to parse apart, all right, what's how real is this Twins team? Everything is intentional. They're not – they set out to find power hitters in free agency, right? They Jonathan Scope. Nelson Cruz, CJ Crone. They went out and they they bought like 90 home runs in free agency or more maybe. Um they they went out and said and we're going to do a deep dive into Martin Perez on the show today, so stay tuned for that. But Martin Perez, they said, I know that he looks like a used DVD, $3 DVD thing at like Cub Foods, so he's 6 ERA last year. No, we see something in his pitch repertoire and we're intentionally going to draw that out of him and he's going to be a star player. Like Everything they're doing is intentional. None of it's an accident. There are, and like, like I'll have people, you know, text me or talk, ask me like, "Hey, what do you think?" Or you know, CJ Crone, he's he's only hitting two hundred, and it's like they don't. That's fine. They that what they want him to do is once a week when there's two guys on base, hit the ball out of the park. Yeah, that's all they 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 know they they knew when we go and get this guy, we just need him to run into 25, 20, 25 balls. And hope that there, when he does that, that there's guys on base, and that the game goes from two nothing to five nothing, or four four to seven four, or whatever it might be. That that's exactly why they got that guy. And the same with Scope. Like they realize, and other teams are realizing it too. Like Mike Mustakas is playing second base in in Milwaukee. Yeah. Not a he was not, he was an okay ish third baseman. He's definitely not a good second baseman. They're like he's going to hit the ball out of the park. We're gonna shift. We're gonna put him in positions where he doesn't need to have range. Like, they, you know, they, they talk about like, oh yeah, he 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 can go so far this way and so far that way. Guys don't need to move as much anymore because they're getting put where the ball's gonna get hit. That's an amazing like that. Let's go down that path for a second because for a long time, I think you were at a dis before the massive shifts that we've seen. So let's go back ten years. You were at a pretty big disadvantage if you had a slow-footed plodding middle infielder or a slow-footed, plotting right fielder, right? So I think we saw this major shift toward just get just focus on defense and pitching, and then if you can happen to score 700 runs, awesome. And now I think to what you're saying, you watch these guys like Mike Moustakis playing middle infield, and it just... It doesn't matter. Doesn't, it doesn't... I mean, right, exactly. And what even the way they shift, sometimes they're taking a third baseman and putting them over there. So it's like... Right. But, but you don't need to... You know, they, they knew that. They're like, yeah, Jonathan Scopes maybe the biggest second baseman in the game. Tallest for sure, I would say. But put him in the right spot. Put him where the, that he has the best chance to, to field the ball and let him hit home runs. Like, yeah. let him be an offensive player. And who cares if he can, if he's not... You know, winning gold gloves. He's not Anderson Simmons at second base. Yeah, just I, let let him let him hit, and, yeah. and they they that's what they went out and did. Like they 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 knew exactly what they wanted out of this guy and this guy and this position and this position, and you know, so far it, their their bets are working. Yeah, you know, and, across the board, really. But but it's not unlike shifting or anything like that when 
when you when you put a guy in a position to succeed, they're, then they're going to have a better chance to succeed. And uh, we, you know, we'll talk about it with Martin Perez. They they put him, they mm-hmm. they worked with him and, and said, hey, you know, tweak this, tweak that. You're gonna you're gonna be better. They knew exactly why they got that guy. There was a, there was something in his pitch selection or pitch mix that they said we can make this guy better. We can make him throw harder. We can make you know change his pitch selection, all those things, and, and we can talk about that uh, next segment. But, um, you know, they're, they're getting guys with a specific, specific for a specific reason, and it's not surprising to me that, that these guys are having success because they're getting put in the best position to have success. Yeah. Is there anything to having other people succeed around you, sort of bringing up the level in the clubhouse? In terms of I, I there's mean, no pressure. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like like when you hear people talk on TV about, you know, starters compete with each other. And if one sure. guy does well, then you want like you're always trying to go out there to do well. What I think is, is that you get if you can get off to a good start as a team. When we talked about this in a previous show, it, it changes the perception of your team outside the clubhouse in the clubhouse. And it's not like a here we go again. We're struggling. It's it's. You win, and then you win some more, and then you and then and you get you gain confidence as a team, and then it affects what other teams end up inevitably end up doing. But um, I, I don't I don't think that there is that like oh this you know Ed Rosario just got a hit now I want to get a hit like <laughs> Nelson Cruz is going up there every time like I want to hit a home run <laughs> you know you're not you're not thinking like this guy did this so now I want to do it it's sure, like yeah. he wants to do that every time they all want to go up there and hit. A ball hard somewhere. I'm a lot of the guys probably do want to just hit home runs. Is and, it? Is there something? So on the flip side, I feel like if you get off to a slow start in baseball, and I don't know, you tell us from a clubhouse standpoint, it can be death march like. Where if like there was one year where you guys started zero and seven or something or what? Was it zero and nine? Zero and nine, yeah. And the season's over. I know, and I don't know if if you're in that clubhouse and you're thinking that explicitly, but well, um, it, it, and that's what I said. It's tough. Like. I think we fell into the trap of like a here we go again sometimes because you know you, you lose ninety six games and then ninety nine then ninety six again and then you start out zero and nine and you're like, gosh dang it you know we, th- we played well in spring and guys look good in spring and now it's not happening and so you get it's easy to to fall into that and you know it, I, I think they they got they brought in guys from other places and there's more turnover and there's definitely less guys of of when we struggled as a team that. Are worried about that or care about that? Um, you know, I, I mean, we 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 played terribly my whole career in Toronto, and I mean, granted, they were going to the playoffs sometimes. They had guys they had like that, Joey Joey Bats is in yeah. The I mean, they yeah. had Edwin Encarnacion, they had Josh Donaldson. Like, they, yeah, they were they were definitely a better team, but they went up there and beat their pants off. Mm-hmm. And and those guys don't care if where you know what does Marwin Gonzalez care what Josh Donaldson used to do to the Twins right, right. yeah and and Marwin Gonzalez for all we know might he maybe he maybe he loves going to Toronto because he sure. rakes there yeah you know but yeah um, I remember a couple of years ago like Eddie Rosario struggled terribly up there I think he had one or two one hit maybe in a four game series and you know so he goes up and he couple home runs and like. You just and some of that is is just confidence in in yourself and the team and as you progress in your career or whatever. But yeah. um, you know, I, I think long story short, I, th- I think that they're just trying to go out and, and play well every day and, yeah. and aren't it, it, you know, and and that's all you do. You don't you, you don't think about what happened, what what's gonna happen. Just 
you know, play the games, and, go out and get <laughs> on the schedule. Two run homer after two run homer. Yeah, that's you know, this is going to be fun and interesting when the Twins are sort of the talk of baseball because right now they're not, and it's just maybe it's just too early. But like in July, nationally, this team's a story. People are going to be talking about the Twins. How do they turn it around so quickly? The Twins are still going to be good. They're going to win the American League Central. So people are going to start talking about them nationally. And I can already hear the stories being told of like, oh, you know, oh, here's how they all bought in. And here's how they all pull on the same rope. And Rocco Baldelli, not to take anything away from the new manager and the coaching staff and everything that's gone on, the secret to why the Twins are winning baseball games is they have a lot of good baseball players. Yes. That's, like, I, like I, said that, I said that forever. Like, yeah, like, ma- that managers, managers float in between the team. Like, they're never yeah. as good as the team is and, yep. and they're never, like, when they get fired, it's because you can't fire the players. Like, that's right. You can't fire them all at the same time. R- right. So, right. So a manager's never, you know, if a team is bad, like, the man, it's not that the manager like has screwed up every game. Like, Guardy didn't yeah. screw up 99 <laughs> right. games. Right in 2012 or whatever it was, sure. like, but this hold we on. were terrible. We didn't have the ta- like, I mean, we didn't have the talent that the other teams have. That's how you end up winning or losing. Is do you have over the course of a season? Do you have more talent than the teams that you play? If you do, you're gonna win. But this is a good segue. Let's let's use let's use Perez as sort of a, a microcosm for a bigger conversation because I I want to ask both you guys. I view it as yeah, there's there's talented players, but every player has a tenth percentile and a ninetieth percentile that he could be operating at. Like you, for instance, were operating as as a starting pitcher early in your career. You were operating at your twentieth percentile as a as a professional baseball player, and then later on, you were operating at your ninetieth percentile. And I want to know what what goes into unlocking some of that when we come back. It's the Score North Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Listen to Score North on the Score North mobile app, and you could win prizes. Download the Score North mobile app. Available in the Apple and Google Play. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Bill Mackey, Derek Wetmore. Uh, we teased it in the first segment. Martin Perez, Martin Perez. Sorry, um, you're Americanizing these names. I, I know Martin Perez. It's, I, I believe it's Martin Perez based on the uh, where the accents are. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too far off the rails. I, I think it's Johan Santana. Say, say the Twins' ace's name. Jose Barrios. Yeah. See, that's wrong too. How no, is it? Did you? I feel like you might have used to say Barrios so, or Barrios. I actually have Barrios, a story. You're right. Bar- yeah, I was, he, I was he, expecting he, you were going to say it wrong. He used to say up until like a week I ago, Barrios. Barrios. That's what. Yes. Because because Jose told me in 2014 he's here for the Futures game, Target Field. I'm covering the All Star game, and he told me his name, Jose Barrios. And I was taking Spanish lessons at the time as a way to like try to get a little bit better at communicating with some of the Twins Latin players. And I I circled back. I made sure to confirm that, okay, I've heard a lot of different things, so I'm just going to ask you. Barrios, Barrios, J.O., Jose, Barrios. What, what, I what forgot do you about be? the J.O. The, the, thing. This is how Doc Emmerich got in trouble with Wild fans for doing yes. the same thing with Mikhail Gronland. So, but full circle, I... I was told Boreos at the time and called him that for years and nobody knew any better. And now that the Twins are in first place, I was getting called on it. So I ended up talking with Elvis, their Spanish translator who goes on mound visit, visits with Wes Johnson. And he said, yeah, uh, it's it's 
Barrios go with that? And so I'm trying to think, like, did he just not want to correct me? Like, Probably. That's I, it. That, that would be him. Because he was like 20 at the time, and he's just a wants to please everybody, super, super nice guy. Yeah. I'm thinking I might have put him in a bad spot and then called him by the wrong name for he's like such, three full years. Such a jerk. I can't <laughs> wait to get all the tweets this afternoon. I was saying it's not, it's not Martin, Pere- Martin Perez, it's Martin Perez. Well, you there remember you when, uh, that's, when that, that's yes, when Martin John, Perez. John Miller had some pronunciations on Sunday Night Baseball. He used to say Perez all the time. Yes, yeah. John Schiambi does it too. Does he? Yeah. He had John Schiambi. Schiambi. Uh, yeah. Perez. Schiambi. Perez. And, and John Miller used to do the Adrian Beltre, which I think is phonetically correct, but like we're Americans all, yeah, and we say yeah, Beltre. Like it's that it's that accent. Yeah. Thing. You know, it's actually Miguel. I'm not kidding about this. It's Miguel Sano and Robinson Cano. But we say Cano. No, Cano's got the accent above his end, above the end, doesn't he? Or above believe, the O. Above the O. Above the O. I believe Cano. it's Cano. I, I think, but I think that's what makes it like from Cano to Cano or whatever. Okay. Do you think Miguel does this with you? Like, who's that redheaded weirdo? <laughs> yes. Is it, is it <laughs> Almost Derek definitely. Wetmore? <laughs> no, no, no. He wouldn't know. Or is it Wetmoray? <laughs> he'd just be like, he'd stop at redheaded weirdo. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's probably it. Who's that redheaded weirdo that's trying to speak Spanish <laughs> really bad? Poorly. That's Wetmoray. Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, Martin Perez. I mean, okay. I have a question. Can I tee you up for this? Sure. Because the major- I feel like it's really easy as a fan and if, if you're a media fan and you just have an outside perspective and you're trying to judge a front office. The first and really maybe only thing, well, there's two things, wins and losses and free agency, right, or trades. Uh, so if, if you did or didn't sign a big name in free agency, if you would have signed you Darvish, I think it would have been a point for the front office in the mind of fans and media because they went out and spent a bunch of money on a name we all know. Yep. And I'm most curious in this behind-the-curtain, this sort of uh, secretive world where you can find guys like Martin Perez or grab guys internally like Mitch Garver or whoever it may be and get them to perform at their absolute peak. So if Martin so we've seen Martin Perez with the Twins the first month and this is clearly what he's capable of. Strikeout rate through the roof, his walks are down, he's throwing nasty stuff, he's 5 and 0 with a 2 and a half ERA and he's been one of their best pitchers next to next to Barrios. With the Rangers, he had a 6 and a half ERA last year, a 5 ERA over the past 3 years combined. Didn't strike out anybody. So the range of Martin Perez is, well, here's what his 20th percentile looks like in Texas, and the Twins have him operating up here. And you could say the same thing about Mitch Garver, the same thing about Taylor Rogers, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I'd love you to shed some light on how do you maximize each individual player to get them to perform the way the Twins have so far this year? Yeah, so I'm going to start. Derek, uh, when you're over there, um, look, just look up his his like pitch, pitch usage. Pitch usage. Um, like fan graphs or whatever, you have that. Got Brooks baseball, Brooks baseball up right so pitch, now. Pitch usage, wow, pitch is... usage, and and velocity. Um, Those two tabs right there. We're going to school right now. This is so. This, this is this is the, the thing that that and I don't know. I, this is um, velo and movement. So I, I do know that. Like I saw I saw a chart his his pitch usage chart um, the other day, and he literally never threw a cutter in his life. Yeah, they got the percentages and, on. Yeah, that. and so now he's throwing at thirty five. He's throwing at thirty five percent of the time. Um, his velocity's up. I mean, he was a 93-ish guy, average on his four-seamer, and and threw a ton of sinkers. Um, and and his fastball's up over 95 on on average. So that's, I, I think, and I read about it 
uh, in spring training, somebody wrote about you know how they thought Wes Johnson could get more velo out of him. Yeah, and and it goes back to Kyle Gibson too at that Florida baseball ranch that Wes Johnson helped them develop that program, and that's what Verlander did. You know, a couple of years ago, Verlander gave up the most runs in the AL or the most runs in Major League Baseball. Go went there, rebuilt his arm, got his velocity back. Cy Young again. He's just, you know, and, and, and Gibby the same. Gibby was a nine, 89 to 92 guy, and, and you see a lot of 93 to 95 now out of him. Yep. The movement, those things are still there. And and so I think with with when when Derek and Thad hired Wes Johnson, they, they hired him with the with the express purpose of we need to mine some di- some diamonds in, out of out of the rough, in yeah. the rough, whatever. And and so it, I think I think him and and maybe not him alone, but they knew when they hired him that he's going to be able to do this for guys with guys. I, I think the other thing was they saw his slider and it was breaking out of the zone. It, it was maybe too much. I would I would guess side to side yeah. movement and um and and not enough depth on it, not enough drop. And so they said, you know what? Let's tighten that up and let's keep that in the zone. Let's keep that on that inside corner to those righties. And and so it's just little tweaks and and it goes back to. Uh, putting players in a position to succeed, yeah, and yeah. and and they they can identify guys based on different things that we can. If he can do this a little better, if he can do that a little better, he's gonna the, the total package is gonna be way better. Yeah, and obviously velocity plays. If you're throwing ninety two or throwing ninety six, you're gonna if you can put it in the same spot and it has the same movement, the ninety six is gonna be better. That's just a fact. Yep, velocity matters. They upped his velocity three ticks. I mean, he's throwing harder. Two thousand sixteen was his was his second highest velo year, and and he's yeah. he's way above that. Which yeah. they knew that going into it, right? And and then they said, hey, you know, your slider is not a very good pitch, and so crashed. Let's throw, you know, he he he. Let's throw a cutter. Let's try sure. it. And not only is he throwing a cutter, he's throwing a cutter thirty five percent of the time. This wow. is this is like an HGTV. It's like a Bravo show, like real pitcher makeover. All right, so if we trim it up over here, yeah, we're gonna, get, we're gonna you're gonna lose twenty pounds. Hey, we're gonna give you, you got a haircut. Good, yeah, you got a good fastball. You got a good let's, jawline. We're gonna yeah, trim that trim that beard up. Let's add a little curb appeal. <laughs> I mean, he went he went from throwing fifty percent sinkers last year, yeah. which nobody throws anymore because everybody's trying to hit. Try to elevate the ball. Is that right. why Dallas Keuchel still a free agent? It's probably part of it. I mean that that pitch, you know, and his velocity has been dropping too. I think he's he's yeah. probably going to be another guy that that may have a little bit more in the tank if he gets with the right guys. Absolutely. Um, you know, like the but Astros. he's also not a. He's also and I said velocity plays and and no matter what and he's he's a true sinker guy. Yeah. I don't think you can keep that sinker sinker that he has that like straight down breaker at higher velocity, but. So so Martin Perez Martin Perez throws a sinker 50% of the time last year. No cutters and and now he's throwing a cutter 34% of the time and and a sinker 25% of the time. He cut a sinker usage in half. Hmm. For he's still throwing the same amount of of four seamers, but it, it just it, it's like that obviously they knew when they when they got him or when they wanted to get him like hey we're gonna we this is this is our plan. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pitch him in free agency and we're gonna say we're gonna add Two to three, four miles an hour to your fastball, and and you're going to start yeah. throwing a cutter. We see what we see with your slider is this. To us, if you turn that slider into a cutter, this is where you can end up. 
and it's up to the player to do that to buy into it, which he did. Right, and then it, and then it's up to the to that coaching staff to get that right. To, to you know, Wes Johnson, work with him and 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 get that velocity that you said you can get, and then and then and then get him to throw that cutter. And I, I'd love to to like watch that cutter on like slow motion, um, and see see the movement of it, and see the spin of it, because guys swing at it like it's like it's not doing. It's almost like when Liriano used to throw a slider. Sure, that it that sliders usually have a dot. And like I always tried to make sure mine had a dot. Well, some hitters can pick up the dot. They can see that they're like they, they may not be able to react to it, but they can see that that like dot coming in, right? And his almost had like a circle. Like it was it looked loose, huh. but it was definitely sharp. It was tight. It was it it broke late. All those things. And I think there there's something with that too, because these guys swing at it like they either think it's going to drop more or they think it's a fastball. But like this, I, I don't know how to find the swing rate or the, the swing and miss on that pitch. But they're like, they're, it's not typically a pitch that you get a ton of swing and misses on. And he might be leading the Twins starting staff in distance missed. Yeah, I don't know if they, he's leading they're, they're in not, whiffs. They're not only like you know, like you always think of a cutter and like, oh yeah, you're gonna jam a guy, right? Sure. Like you're gonna get, get on that, his hands. You're gonna get that ground ball to third base or whatever. Yeah. They're swinging and missing at it. Now it's got a, it's it's it, it's a little bit of a hybridized. Slider, yep, yep, cutter. You can see kind of different. It's, it's movement. got it's got a little bit more than like you know you think about like a Mariano Rivera cutter, but yeah. it's got it's got a little bit more movement. Mm-hmm. But he's just he's right on that inside corner, and that thing looks like it's going to be down the middle, and it and it it's obviously late. You know, there's that there's that that whatever last six feet I think it is seven feet where okay. you can't the, the hitter can't see the ball like your brain when you go to swing. It is, it's like okay, the ball's going to be there. I'm going to swing to there. That's why Mariano Rivera's cutter. Like everybody knew he was throwing a cutter, but at the point at the point where you were going to hit it, like if it's seven feet away from you, and you're going to hit it. It was still moving. Most your guys' pitches have already moved, that. right? And so your brain you don't you don't see that baseball. Yeah, like watch watch any hitter in slow motion, and when they make contact, their eyes are above the bat. Like they're not you know they're not doing the like. Seeing the bat hit the ball, you, sure. you can't see that. Right, it's, right. it happens too fast. It's yeah. not possible. And so, if the ball, if you can get late movement, that's that's how that's how those things happen. So his cutter obviously moves a little bit differently than most guys. Yeah. It probably has a little bit different spin, and then and then moves later. Wouldn't you love to be? I'm sorry, Phil. No, go ahead. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall for that free agent pitch meeting where you're like, hey, no, it's kind of tough year for you. You had the bull thing at your ranch, and like last couple years, even just. But here, Martin, come sit down with us. We're going to show you who we think you can be. And then are you sitting there like, do you buy all of it? Or, like, well, hey, well, if you just ditch the slider for a cutter, we're going to add three miles of velo. Like, let me I take, wouldn't believe it. Let me take what you said to even another level. Because you're, and I don't know, if you're, if you're Thad Levine or Derek Falvey or you know, Theo Epstein or whoever you are running a front office, I'm sure you're not oblivious to criticism. I mean, you can't be oblivious to the fact that there's a narrative that the poll ads don't spend enough money, right? Well, I can just to set this point up, I can tell you for a fact, there was a green light situation on a nine-figure contract for at least five years for you, Darvish, last year. So it's a front office decision to go to a certain point, and then um, they had the green light if they wanted to to sign Dallas Keuchel. They still do. Like If, if, if Dallas Keuchel were going to sign for three years and $50 million. Like the twins, the Jim Polad wouldn't come down and say, uh, guys, I don't sorry, know if that's in the budget. I'm going to, I'm going to nix this contract. It's a front office decision to sign Martin Perez for 3 million. 
size him up compared to, let's say, a $15 million Dallas Keuchel and with full conviction say, this is a better move for us. We're going we're gonna to pick this guy off the scrap heap, change his pitch repertoire, get him to buy in, and he's going to be a better, younger pitcher than the guy over here who's going to cost five or six times as much. And I find that fascinating. The, that's it's the, it's like the shiny object. Like, in that, like, fans want that, like... Big splash, yeah. and it's like the what what you want to do. What you want to do when you're running an organization is get the most value for the least amount of money. There's that's why that's why teams develop their own guys and 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 keep them down for an extra two weeks in a season so you can get an extra year of control at a lesser cost. So like yeah. you want you want to get like having Martin present and it has to work, but getting him and and making it work like there's there they they're already. They're already so far ahead on that investment that at what it what it will allow them to do is maybe make an, a not as wise of an investment, but something. Hey, maybe we. But that's maybe that's we what we do, it, and, and so it, it's going to provide. He's going to provide so much value to this team at such a low cost that it's going to allow them to do something somewhere else. And, and I think the other thing, long term, that it's going to do is is if if Martin Perez can can do this from what he's done. There's going to be guys that are that are scrap heapish that are going to be like, I want to go there. Yes, I will maybe yep. take less money to go there. I want to. End I want up to in work Minnesota. with Wes Johnson. I want to be a part of that organization, which yep. is not something that most organizations in this town can say. Yeah, but to that, your... that guys guys are going to want to be a part of that, and they're going to see he he did so. Martin Perez signed for three million. Does he have an option? Yeah, seven and a half for next so, year. Which and they're going to they're, they're going to pick that one up <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. But but. Guys are going to end up wanting to come to come, and and they're going to see that Martin Perez was a, a one year with an option, three million dollar guy, and he does this, and if he does it again next year, he you know he's going to get he's, rich in free agency, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be then it's then it's fifteen twenty million a year or yeah. whatever for a couple of years, and guys are going to see that like you can either just fade off and and be done, or you can try to go work with this guy that that. Did this to this guy, yeah. and and see where it takes you. I, I was looking at some numbers on him. Um, it's actually fascinating. His 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 swing swing his miss rate on his slider last year was actually a tick higher than his cutter this year. Everything else, he's he's uh, uh, higher across the board. Is uh, as, as far as I mean, he's getting swing and misses on twenty five percent of his fastballs right wow, now, which insane. is a velocity thing. And this this all goes back to. All you know, his he's they're swinging and missing his curve twice as much. They're they're swinging his, his change up just a hair, a hair more and his sinker just a hair less. But that's that's where velocity comes into play. Yep. So he's getting it. It's it, his his cutter and his slider are, are they're swinging and missing at the same rate. But it, but it's boosted everything else. Sure. And obviously, when you make a jump, uh, you know, a forty percent jump in, in in swing and miss rate on a four seam. That's that's. Yeah. Velocity related, but that makes everything else play up. I think where fans are, well. where fans are gonna, uh, where I side with the general opinion of you know spend, spend, spend is when you find a diamond in the rough like a Martin Perez, or you get what you're getting out of a Mitch Garver, and and it, and it's perceived or it's reality that you have some money left in the in the wallet to go out. Like this is where I'm okay with if you've got an extra prospect or two, or hell if. If if it just costs a little bit more on a shorter term contract to get Craig Kimbrell for the stretch run, this is where if if you've got command of this division, don't be afraid to pull the trigger on something if your window is now. Because I think if you added, think about this. Let's say you added Craig Kimbrell down the stretch, and you traded for a starting pitcher. So you get one guy for just money, and then you add a starting pitcher that can be your number two guy in, in a postseason series for two or three prospects, and you feel really good that you have a bin of fifteen or twenty prospects that you trust. 
I'm signing up for that in a heartbeat this summer. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see because that's not a position that that Derek and or Thad have, have been in with the Twins. Uh, you know, for sure. So it'll be fascinating to see as as time goes on, like where where they add, where they yeah. you know who they how do they value you know. I think one of the more fascinating storylines for me is going to be what they do with Sano, where right. he ends up and what they end up doing. Yeah, um, with him, I, I think that that prospect wise, you might not have the you have you have a couple guys that that you aren't going to trade. Yeah, they're not going to trade Royce Lewis. They're not going to trade Kirilov. Um, ain't being Kirilov. They're not going to trade Gratterall. Like maybe Gratterall would be their their highest prospect. I guess that they would. Potentially, I think, sure. but Derek being a pitching guy, like I, he, I think he he probably wants that. He probably um, wants to keep six him. years, yeah. of team control and, on that. But it's, they're going to end up. It, 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 to me, it, it seems like if they're if they're actually going to make a move and they're going to get a, a a starter from somebody, they're going to end up moving a major leaguer okay. to do it uh, with some combination. Of, they don't they're have, loaded right now. Their 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 prospects are uh, their their top ones are too good, and and then sure. the rest probably not uh, you know enough. I mean. Uh, some of those guys, like they're you know a Rooker or a Larnock or those guys, like you know a, a slugging corner outfielders are a little more common now than, sure. than they used to be. Yeah, um, I'm fascinated to go back and look at their track records at their previous places of employment because like Derek must have been there. Was he there when they pulled the trigger on Andrew Miller, or was that the, his first year here? He was here 2016. No, that was the year they uh, that was the year they went to the world to World Series Game Seven, wasn't it? So he was, he was still yeah he Indians. was a part yeah. of that front office yeah. that said, okay, prospects, here you go, we're gonna go get a fireman reliever. Fascinating. And then Thad was on all those good Texas teams. They went to the World Series too, had a shot to win it. Traded for Cliff Lee in one of those, didn't they? It's going to be that. That's a fun story. Let's go back and look and see. They, um, yeah, they, these they, guys at trade deadlines. It's, it's going to be. I, I mean, I like signing a reliever. I don't like trading for a reliever. Okay. Um, and I think if they get if they end up getting a starting pitcher of some sort, it's going to be somebody that I think one of their one of their feelings will be this is a guy that we want for more than one year because this isn't they're not they're not going to push the chips all in right now. Sure. I don't see that. I don't see them like blowing out the the farm system for this season. I yeah, think you don't need to. They're this is a this is a three, four, five, six year thing that they have. I mean, they signed Kepler, they signed Polanco. Yeah, for those lengths of time because exactly, they, they right. realize that their window is just starting to open. Right, and I, I can see them making a move, but it's going to be something. Uh, it's going to be a now and for the future thing. Yeah, they're sitting at the poker table, and they're not the short stack. They don't have to make a move now. They're not getting blinded out, Phil. They are. I don't know that they're the chip leader, but they're for sure like eyes on the final table with the resources to get it done for not just 2019, but through the next five years minimum. And here I was at the beginning of the show getting goaded by Phil to, to say that they're the best team in baseball. And <laughs> he didn't say anything when you skirted around it this right is there. The best team I don't for think the they next have 10 all, years. I don't think they have all the chips. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't think maybe they're the best team, but they're darn close. Yeah. It's It's been amazing, and this is setting up to be a Phil's really over, fun summer. Phil's over there with, a, with twins shaved into his chest. Fanning the flames. It's going to be a test. Tattoo in July. <laughs> oh man! Um, let's talk more about about bombs when we come back here on the Scorner Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. We're pinning our ears back. Scorenorth.com.
This copyrighted show is presented by the authority of the Office of Score North. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of Score North. Yeah. And it's now officially, Derek Wetmore has filed a trademark. It's the Score North first place twin <laughs> show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball. Oh, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> Oops. Trademark. Um, can we just, I, I, I pulled up, let's talk more about bombs here. Because the Twins have actually played fewer games than the teams above them in the home run standings, the team home run standings. The Twins have 64 home runs as a team after four more in Toronto last night. Uh, so they're fourth in the major leagues in total home runs behind Milwaukee and Houston are tied for second with 65. So the Twins are one home run behind those two teams, but they've played four fewer games than Milwaukee and two fewer games than Houston. So if you elev- if, if you just give them a home run over the next two games, the Twins are really second in baseball behind yeah. Seattle. They're 10 fewer home runs behind Seattle, but Seattle's Se- played Se- four more games. Seattle's hit. 74 home runs. Unbelievable. Yes. Like, I feel like the Twins hit three a night. But the, but, but Seattle's played four more games. More. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I do have the per game rankings Six, if you want them. 64 home runs in, in, what are they, 23 and 12? So that's 35 games. Yeah. It's aggressive. Seattle's 1.9 homers per. Minnesota's second, 1.83 home runs per game. So that's, that's a 300 home run pace. And this team, right? And we we had talked about that last week, like, uh, and we we did we ended up not getting to it, but like, are do they is is a team going to hit three hundred homers this year? I think Seattle is pretty well etched in there, right? Well, but Seattle, but when you think about Seattle's lineup, I don't know how sustainable. Like, I can tell you, the Twins' power is I mean, does, very does much like, sustainable. Does like D Gordon have like eleven right now or something? <laughs> Four, he's got five inside the park. I, I, I couldn't. I don't think I can name. Let's play a game. Four or five guys on that whole team. Jay Bruce. Name as many as you can. Actually, there's one big name that has 12 that people forget he's on this team. Like one of the best power hitters the last 10 years in in the majors. Oh, Encarnacion. Encarnacion has 12. Uh, And then he said, you said Hanniger. Hanniger. He's got nine. Jay Bruce. Bruce, Dan Vogelbach, who they received in the trade with the Cubs for, was it Montgomery? And he's got nine. And you got a bunch of guys like with six and seven. Tim Beckham's got seven. And uh, uh, Ryan Healy's got six. Well, the Twins right now are not on pace to hit 300, but it hasn't gotten warm yet in Minnesota. They're on pace for 296 for those keeping track what at is, home. What did you say? 1.83? 1.83. Multiply that out by 162. You're just a little 296 bit short. 296 and a half, yeah. Oh, Got to get going. Good. Get cracking. See, but that's it. Like, that's where you almost think, like, it, and it, I guess it hasn't, it hasn't gotten warm. But um, you're going to add Sano's that back. Pace, that, that pace seems so like torrid, like like the amount of home runs they've hit so far this year. Right. And, hey, do you... So Sano's coming back, what, maybe next week? Probably. You could see him back as early as like this homestand, yeah, I'd say. So you just, you just, you put him at third base and you just put the best power lineup. Like they've already, they've already got the second best power lineup in the game or, or number one if you go slugging percentage. You just... Put another guy in there and hope that he hits twenty five home runs. The rest of like, what do you do with him at this point, Glenn? I mean, that's well, that's what I said last segment that it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, obviously, it starts with just putting him in there every day and, and going from there, seeing how he does, seeing what he does. Um, Actually, I think they're going to give him some some blows early in his run. We talked to Thad Levine on Monday on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Third base, first base, DH are all in the conversation, and Thad also told us like. This is basically first step out of the gates for him, like basically spring training. He's probably going to get some days off 
uh, not only off his feet, but just like off off with the number of weapons that they have around the lineup. It's like that's going to be a fun puzzle for Rocco Baldelli to try to figure out. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? You got a third baseman who you trust. You've got a first baseman who you just talked about in the first segment is like, this is his floor. I think CJ Crone's even better than this. And then you got a DH who, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, people are going to be debating Hall of Fame with the, the way the last 10 years have gone for this guy. It's This is a dangerous lineup that they have right now. You're adding a power bat to it. Would you trade? Uh, all right, I'm going to give you a couple hypotheticals. If if Miguel Sano <laughs> comes in, and he gets a little, gets a little bit hot, but you're not you're not all in on him for like a long term contract, and I think he's got uh, the rest of this year and two more years of team control or something like that. I want to say it's three years going into this year yeah, of team control. I think that's right. Would you trade two and a half years of Miguel Sano no. in a deal for? Whoa, wait, I didn't even tell you who Madison Mr. Bumgarner, Tre- Madis- no. Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Bauer, you- yes. You have to give him more no. than just to know. I'm not. Put, I'm not trading him in the division. That's that's and that's that's the hang up for me. Even with um, interesting with Trevor Bauer is, okay. is I I'm not a I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. You end up you end up watching that guy hit 40 a year hit, for the next two. Yeah, and just the way the way baseball works, where you where you play those teams so often. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, you you do it you do it if you're. Going all in at the end, sure. If you're trying to keep that window open for for one season, and you know, you know the the Royal or the Royals when they went to the World Series and then went back the next year, sure. To, then then you, you you know if you're if you're completely out of it, I, I got no problem with it. Um, That's a good and, point. And if you're if you're if you're if your run is winding down, um, I'm fine with it too because you know the Royals the Royals knew they were going to go out they're going to go. I don't think they necessarily made a trade yeah. the division, but. You know, in, in that case, I think they knew like, hey, we're 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 pretty dang good again. Yep. And it's it's not that's not going to last. Like, yep. they Hosmer was going to be a free agent. Mustakas was going to be like those guys. Time was running out as yeah. it was. Those relievers, you know, all that. And so, um, in that case, yeah, you know what? If if this was four years down the road, and sure. the Twins have been to a World Series, or you know, but but their times running out on Perios, these these Polanco Kepler contracts are running out. Then maybe go get sure that guy and and then fill. A, a division rivals prospect list. Yeah, if you, you know, need to. There's, but, an, there's another name since we're talking about the the pitching whisperers here and Derek Falvey. There's another guy that's always he's always been interesting, but for whatever reason, the last few years. So Chris Archer has a year and a half left in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not doing anything this year. You might be able to get Chris Archer for like fifty cents on the dollar in a trade, and then just transform him if he's if he's up for it. Well, but they gate. They're probably looking at that trade saying they'd need to really win it because they lost it with Tampa. They gave up Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows, two of the best prospects that are now filling out a winning Rays team. Yeah, I don't know what the price tag would be on a guy like that, but I'd be intrigued. I don't know that I'd be looking to deal those level of prospects they gave up for him. I don't know. The thing that you said, Glenn, fascinates me because (laughs) this is not just this could be a fun summer. This could be the first of like five or six fun summers in a row. This is this is the twins going oh, up. Look, look at you right now. Do you know what I mean though? <laughs> like my friends have been asking me, "Hey, should I follow this or is this like kind of a, a a fluke?" One, I don't think this team is a fluke. I think this team's legitimately good. But two, it's like if you get in now, there there are several fun summers in front of you with the roster they've constructed. Yeah, this isn't this isn't 2017. Uh, you pop up one right, year and, and right. sneak into the wild card game. Like this is the the window is just starting to crack open, which is that's the exciting thing this for this summer fun. for 
for the you know the next few summers. I think. Yeah, good, luck, good luck on TV this week. Uh, thank you. Yeah, be four games for this you. weekend. Don't uh, swear. <laughs> That's is that all you got for me? <laughs> just don't just, swear. Just don't swear. <laughs> oh man! Um, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to do this for you. Give us a five star rating if you like the Scorner Twin Show, or if you like Glenn Perkins, or if you like Derek Wetmore, or if uh, you don't, or even if you don't, give us maybe give us a three star instead of a five star. But uh, you can help us spread the word to new listeners on either Apple or Spotify, or the Score North mobile app is a great place to uh, check us out, too. Good talk, you guys. Yeah, for uh, for both of you, thank you. That was a good one, and uh, we'll see you next time. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.